Freshers Handbook. Welcome along to uh, another episode of the Freshers Book of Hands. That's um, <laughs> my name is Harry Ring. That's probably the worst one you've done yet. My name's Robin Sargeson, and uh, yeah, you're listening to Freshers Handbook. We are here today to talk about gender identity, LGBTQ plus communities at university, and the power that you have as a student to cause change. Coming up. Literally living the double life, being like, being back home, I talk about boys because I like girls. We had a anti-trans um, speaker coming in and that was kind of like a shock to everyone. I wanted to find people like me that I could relate to. When students work together, it's amazing. When they have this, when they fight together and have this voice, th- the more you are, the bigger the fight. The Freshers Handbook Podcast with Harry Briggs and Robin Sargison. Incoming on this episode, we're going to speak to uh, some students who are from uh, LGBTQ plus background um, and um, just to put on record the fact that universities are some of the most inclusive areas and organisations in the country. Yeah, we'll also talk about how you can be an ally to your friends that are LGBTQ+, um, even if, if you're not yourself, what you can do to make sure your friends are as happy and getting everything they need and making sure everyone is okay at university. Because obviously, we're all about making sure no one is alone, everyone is supported. So we'll hit you with some of that information as well. Cool. Before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about student activism yeah. and student power. And I think it, sometimes it goes unnoticed. When my dad was at university, um, I want to say in the, in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, he, he remembers very vividly um, all of the students, or not all of them, but a large proportion of students refusing to go to any classes, sitting on a field, um, campaigning against rent strikes. Oh, really? Um, and because of the student activism power, um, the rent was lowered. That is the power of students when it comes to activism at yeah. university. I, th- I think you forget how many students there are actually are in a city and how much of a population you have. And if everyone comes together that can make change, you will see that change happen. I mean, you look at the campaigns that student unions led for people to get their rent back during COVID. You look at the, uh, the Girls' Night In organisation that sort of swept across the nation from campus to campus during the spiking epidemic in sort of... October 2021 and that was that was all student led that wasn't like older people that went out it was purely students at Edinburgh University that started it and it led all the way down to sort of London and it was felt at our university as well there was a big girls night in event that the uh, student union got involved with and supported wholeheartedly so you can look at uh, movements such as Black Lives Matter yeah uh, and you can look at the youth climate movement and you can you can say that perhaps that is the resurgence of student activism but I think it's fair to say that student activism isn't as big of a thing as it was back in the day. And I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, and I, th- I don't know if that's a good thing either. I think more. I think it is rising up again. I think students are realising that they are the voice of the future. I mean, maybe people think, hey, I can't, I can't do protests. I'm, I'm too young. I don't really have any influence. I'm just one person that doesn't really have much sway in the world. Mm. But then once you gather everyone together, that all has the same like-minded goals and beliefs of what they the changes they want i mean you look at the the climate protests that have been happening over the past few years 
um, and they are starting to really have a voice and cause change. And I mean, there's re- student student protests have gone back years and years. I was I was at um, I was actually at Nottingham Castle, and there was an exhibition about how the students in France in the 1800s basically started the French Revolution. Wow. That they were the ones wow. who sort of started hating the monarchy and causing all that downfall to happen. And then that's pieces of history that everyone knows about things like that. I mean, the guillotine, obviously. We, that's not really how it is anymore. But um, yeah, that was all started by students. I think people don't realise that sometimes. You're definitely not too young to protest. Yeah. I think that sometimes could be a belief. Oh, I'm so young, I'm not going to be able to change anything. But yeah. if you all gather together, and it could even be in an online forum mm-hmm. or an in-person forum, you can definitely make haste. I think that's why the internet has become such a powerful tool because before you, you did feel a bit alone if you had a certain belief, but then you can go on social media and you can find hundreds, if not thousands of people that agree with you, say that share the same goals and beliefs. And that's when things start to come together and real change can happen. I'm just thinking also in the past um, year at my university, um, all student activism uh, seen in vision could be uh, protesting against the war in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I fairly saw Extinction Rebellion did a little bit of a movement yeah, yeah. Um, earlier on at the start of the year. So there's so much happening and um, y- you're very welcome as a student to join um, the, the activism or start it yourself. Exactly. If if you think there's room for it and that there's if people agree with you when you start pitching it to them and but there's no one who's set it up already, don't be afraid to become that leader. I think a lot of people then find this new part of themselves that they never knew they had. They never knew they they could be a leader. They didn't believe in it until they found a cause that they supported so strongly. Exactly. Um, And who's to say that you can't campaign against your university itself and your students' union? Because sometimes you could disagree with them and you can protest for that as well. I mean, I can imagine if they started putting tuition fees up even more, that would cause a wave of student protests across the country. There was a lot of uh, protesting from rent in the past few years, rent going up. And obviously with the current cost of living crisis, bills going up, I can see there being a movement now in the next few years sort of campaigning for students to have some sort of fixed rate or a cap because you're once you're a student there's only a certain amount you can you can hit financially before it just becomes too much to ask of of a young person indeed 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 um there's lots of different student union societies as well and one thing that sometimes you can forget is that even though you're in a society which is within your student union it doesn't mean that you can't um protest against your student union when it comes to certain elements or disagree with them and that's what your that's your job to go and talk to your student union leaders and representatives they were students themselves they probably went to your university they they've been in the same situation as you and they're going to be the people that if you're disagreeing with what they want they will listen to you and they will change because at the end of the day they do what the student body uh, what is best for them and what they believe the student body needs so if you're telling them hey we need this change they will most likely do it for you because that's their job. Indeed it is. Um, So that is another thing that you can just uh, think about when you're at university. And um, you can also, here's one thing, if you are determined to change some things throughout your time at university or maybe when you've completed your postgrad and you're looking for something to do, you can always think about joining your student union committee and yeah. its executive committee, which uh, you would be elected upon on a manifesto, which you could be based upon big systematic change. Yeah, student politics and student activism sort of go hand in hand and there is a real 
sort of clear path for you if you believe that's that's what you enjoy doing and that's what you want to do and you want to benefit everyone else at your university that's uh that's normally the people that win the elections that's normally how they go into it because that's their genuine passion they just don't they 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 show their honesty and they normally win the vote exactly and it can be really fun just going out on the campaign trail yeah um like like a full-on presidential election style and and getting your message across i love the slogans some people come up with and things like that don't be silly vote for lizzie (laughs) that kind of thing yeah i like that um so that's just one of the things you can do in your own time at university and you could become the next voice you could be the next greta thunberg it's possible. It's possible. Uh, right, let's go back to um, different types of communities at university, and in this instance, LGBTQ+. And uh, what it's like to be an LGBTQ plus student, is it daunting? Is it different? Is it no change at all? I think when you get to university, this is when people start to start to find themselves as people and really, I think these, these three or more years are sort of where you develop from a child into an adult and you come out of university so much more confident, so much more assured of yourself. And there, there may be people that come out at university and they do, they uh, sort of feel the confidence to be able to say I am gay or something or etc. There are many, many different ways of doing it. But student minds here, they recommend sort of starting a conversation. Go to someone you're close with. Um, find something relaxing for both of you to do. So don't don't make it too much of a stressful situation. Give yourself time to speak to the person properly. Think about who you're going to decide to speak to first. And the, these these people are closest with you at university, so they should be the most supportive. So I wanted to give you guys some tips from Student Minds uh, on how to support a friend that sort of comes out to you or or tells you more about their identity or their orientation and sort of the the things to do and don't do and how to support them properly to, to be the best ally you can. And Student Minds are brilliant. They are um, a great, great uh, charity. Organisation which you can go to if you are struggling. Yeah, if you are, please feel free to look them up online, studentminds.org.uk. So number one on their website is steer clear of making any assumptions based on any previous knowledge you had surrounding LGBTQ plus issues. So everyone has a different perception or experience uh, for example, if you're unsure about what pronoun to use, ask your friend first. So ask the person you're talking to. So it's never never dive straight in with, oh, well, I heard this. So exactly. Number two, learn to listen and support. Uh, there's a lot of advice around listening skills and how to be a supporter to a friend online and things like that. But don't feel like you need to bombard them with loads of questions don't make assumptions on their sexual orientation if they're transgender, for example. This is different to their actual gender identity. These are separate issues. And I think the more confused you can get with yourself, the the worse it'll be. So just stay within your realms, talk to them, be supportive and, and let them explain to you. I don't think they want to be talked out of, oh, well, I heard this. So is this what you are? Is this what the, that's not the best way to do it. Absolutely. Are there any more tips, Robin, before we get into our guest? Um, There's a a great page of tips for allies. So things like you can't, don't say something like, oh, I could tell by looking at you or something like that. Don't make assumptions based on how they look or how they behave because that's not what they want to hear. And that's not truly how you define someone's identity. 
Um, don't make assumptions about their sexual orientation if they're transgender or if you don't know what pronouns to use, feel free to ask. Um, don't make sure you okay. Make sure you understand the difference between coming out uh, when it's a sexual orientation like lesbian, gay or bisexual and coming out as transgender and that gender identity. They are two separate issues and uh, a lot of the time people get them confused and sort of put them together. Be careful about confidentiality and outing. Don't go. If someone tells you um, something deep in secret about their gender identity or sexual orientation, don't don't feel like... Don't go to your friends and go, oh, well, I've just been told that my friend is gay. You guys need now need to know that they're gay, by the way, because they might not want everyone to know immediately. They might be just confiding in you as a close friend. It's not your job to basically out them to everyone else. It's it's their job to take it as slow or as fast as they want to when it comes to being more public about it. Always make sure to respect the terminology that they want to use to describe their identity. Don't don't uh, sort of brush over it and be like, oh, well, it's, it's something like that. Make sure you know it properly because the the better you know it, the more respect you will have for them as a person. And it's all about when people come come out, you have to sort of respect their decision and, and respect who they are as people. You can't sort of belittle them or not make it as big an issue as it is. The Freshers' Handbook. I'm delighted to be joined uh, right now on uh, the Freshers' Handbook podcast uh, by Celine Bactis. She is a uh, just graduated from Oxford Brooks Uni and is part of National Student Pride. Now, if I read this out to you, um, how do you think it makes you feel? University is a time for all students to learn, grow and enjoy independence. But for many lesbian, gay, bi and trans students, the experience can be marred by discrimination, exclusion and abuse use because of who they are they're not my words uh, they're not just anybody's words they're the words of the stonewall report which was um written and published in 2018 looking at how university covers and copes uh, and deals with lgbtq plus students um i'm delighted to be joined um by Sir celine who uh, who is an lgbtq plus student or was a student uh, was a student until not long ago how are you I'm good, thank you. Doing well. Is it is it weird to be talking about uni now you've left? Um, yes, but at the same time, like I do still talk to students about being LGBT and how to be their authentic selves. But yeah, it's really good to always talk about um, experiences um, in about in uni and being LGBT. Exactly. Take us a little bit about about your journey. You grew up in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. You went to Oxford Brooks. Mm-hmm. What did you study? So I studied um, business and marketing management. I actually did biomed first, but I found my whole new um, um, whole new um, hobby in business and management. I told my parents I'm going to continue doing that instead of my typical Asian parents doing medicine and engineering. How do they feel about that? Well, not good at the start oh. um, because obviously... As like Filipinos, we tend to go to STEM um, careers, but because I was going more into a business creatives area, didn't kind of agree at the start. But as I did very well, now what I'm doing now as well, um, they're very proud, but I just fought for it. And I said, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm not doing what you want me to do anymore. Amazing. Let's talk about your journey. So when you were at university, did you know straight away that you wanted to... um 
to get involved with some pride groups and some LGBTQ plus groups? Or was it something that you kind of found yourself doing um, that you didn't plan on doing? I actually didn't have any plan of doing it because I wasn't out to my parents at all. Okay. So um, I didn't really. So I started uni in 2017 and I didn't really come out to them to, until 2018. So I was literally living the double life, being like being back home. I talk about boys because I like girls. And um, so I did join the society, but just it was just the first event, the um, LGBT society. Um, just joined it just once and that was it. I never really went to another event until I came out in 2018, where I actually got way more involved within the LGBT movement within our uni. Do you wish you got more involved in that first year? I would say yes, I would, um, because I feel like I could have done more. But it did not help that I wasn't out to my parents mm. because to what I for what I did in two thousand from two thousand eighteen for all the advocation is that I was always like you know on social media and my parents could find out anytime possible. It was hard because you know if you're not out and um, you know, but the, I. I became friends with other people that wasn't out but was still doing LGBT advocation and I was really inspired by them because even though they weren't out, they would still do LGBT advocation um, but more on behind the scenes of work. Okay, that's interesting. You say that double life, mm -hmm. that must be really hard. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you find yourself having to not necessarily lie but not tell the truth all the time when it comes to chatting to your parents so when you're at uni is it a case of correct me if I'm wrong you're at uni you can be you can be yourself more and then you go back home and you feel a bit more closed yes because that might be a, a case for a lot of students who are about to start yes that's very true like for me it was for my own experience what I can say um that you know, living the double life, it was in uni, I could be more myself because the people that I met and well, everyone who I met throughout the first year was very open to, you know, you being LGBT on who you are. And my friends really helped me a lot to survive that first year, even though I wasn't out. Um, I was close. Uh, I was in a closet to my parents back home. So during vacation, you know, I would close my bedroom door when I have conversation with my friends. I don't want them to hear anything about what I've been doing. And I didn't really say a lot of stuff to my parents what I was up to in uni. It was more of, I'm in uni, this is me, I can be myself finally. I was in a really happy place, basically, when I came to uni. What was that like? Because you, you, because you get so much independence. And this isn't just about the, the LGBT q plus thing but this is about just moving to uni you can start fresh mm -hmm. you can be who you want to be um well a lot of people can did you find yourself you're like wow i've got so much time i can do what i want to do i can choose to do all these events that i want to partake in was that sort of uh, was that a freedom thing or were you a bit more nervous worried apprehensive on day one I would say that I was a bit anxious of mm. who will I meet, um, what kind of people I will meet. But what I've realized as well in the first week, just first week, um, there was different type of people, different type of students that you will meet. Um, and then joining like different societies was important as well. And it kind of felt very liberating not being with my parents um, because in this time, like you're by yourself, you don't know anybody, you can do anything you want you can either like make yourself for the better person for who you want to be your authentic self rather than someone else's idea of who you are back home when you say your authentic self how were you different at uni so when i was went to uni i was more you know 
I would socialize more. I would go out more because back home I had curfew um, with my parents. Um, I don't anymore though, like because I'm an adult now. Um, but back home I had a curfew. I couldn't really like go out as much as I did. For me, like social socializing for me is really important. Actually, it actually benefited me a lot in terms of like being in uni and be being a very socialized person. And um, it helped me in my career and that and. Um, it's just it's very it's very nice to have that you know freedom of yourself and being the authentic and you don't have to worry what other people thinks about you mm. so do you definitely get that that vibe at uni that a lot of people um just sort of let i think people at uni are very accepting this is only my personal experience people are accepting people sort of let people be there'll be people i see especially like laddie lads mm-hmm. and i'm like that's fine you do your thing but i'm gonna be I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's that's kind of the same on, on loads of different levels. Yes, like everyone in um, in the university, in my university anyway, I've got like different friendship groups, like from different, um, it's like for sport, from the LGBT society, from other advocation, like women's group and that. And like everyone is different, but it seems like, yes, everyone has different ideas. But at the same time, you will find your own people, even within different... Like, you gravitate towards yes. like-minded people. That's yes. what that's what we've been saying on the podcast. You sort of stumble across people who you just naturally get on with. And I, I, I've said before, friends don't come to you. You have got to go out and find them. Yes. But when you find your right people, um, you'll have a great time. So let, let's focus a lot on the, on the LGBTQ plus stuff. Um, what events did you get up to so you say you joined mm-hmm. um your specific society mm-hmm. was that a society um that did a lot of uh, activities or was it quite a lot of online stuff mm-hmm. um and is it the sort of stuff uh, is it the sort of society where it was really welcoming of everyone tell us a little bit about that so when i came out in 2018 mm. i started joining um i started the student union first as an lgbt officer wow that's a big step yeah it was a big step after just coming out yeah um and then became the president so what is that an lgbt officer so an lgbt officer um they're the one who you know fights for students rights and like experience and makes lgbt students experience better for the uni and that was like my main job there and you know creating policies for the students what are the sort of what are the sort of things you did during your tenure so during my term year what i did was like create like more campaigns about like what is lgbt because it seems like People knew what LGBT is, but did not like had a lot of stereotypes around LGBT. So I created a um, a, prom- a a campaign, a video campaign about stereotypes, and that you know, LGBT people are you know this kind of people like they have fun. They you know either read books. They're not just like you know oh you're stereotypical what you see on the tv shows what you see in um because there are lgbt people that are like people say would say stereotype things to you they were like oh you're too masculine to be gay or you're too feminine to be a lesbian those kind of comments it's like very like microaggression like towards lgbt community and um for me it was important for the other students to know more about lgbt even allies or not even part of the lgbt Mm. and um also the main um the main what I'm um, for my manifesto was to increase the um, population of people from the from the BIPOC community, so Black, Indigenous, um, person of color, and um, community within the LGBT because there wasn't a lot, and also because of within our in, that bit of intersectionality, like not a lot of people go to the society because of like they're not out. So in that 
years, like for, I think I did like two, three years of it. And it kind of like made a more safer space where, you know, you don't have to be out to be joined the LGBT society. There were events that was for people that, you know, they, there was always safety nets for those people that wasn't out. And, you know, more and more people, so we increased a lot. And then um, the society became more diverse because when I first joined the society, it was a very pr predominantly white society, which for myself as a Filipino, I'm a POC, like, I wanted to find people like me that I could relate to. Mm. Yes, you can be within the LGBTQ plus community, but at the same time, sometimes, you know, because your culture, your religion, your sex, um, um, and your disability as well. Like, if you can't relate with anyone, you're more likely not to join a society. So that's what I did in the past two, three years being the officer and president is to build up that kind of inclusive environment for everyone to go. And did you notice a difference? Yes, a big difference, a whole big difference, because it wasn't just about, you know, being LGBT, but also I've realized not a lot of students actually drink and like... Yes, and this is one of the things we're focusing on the podcast. One in six students don't drink at all. Exactly. And you think about students being this big drinking culture, uh, binge drinking, going out every night. But actually for a big chunk of students, they just do different things. So did you run events that catered for them, I'm, I'm guessing? Yes, we did. Um, so how we did uh, events, so we obviously had like two, three um, events a week. So one of the main events was called Skittles Night. So this was in joint with Oxford University as well. So it's an only LGBT um, student night every Tuesday. Um, and like basically what with the um, university what we did was we did some um, events that was non-alcoholic drinks people can bring drink, their own drinks mm. um, that's their choice but it is more promoted as a non-alcoholic drink so it's for socialize we always do games that will like mm. make people um, meet and greet people and, greet and people. socializing yeah yeah and then to the next level is more chill you don't you still don't have to drink we're just like in a bar you can buy your own drink like it's your choice but you don't have to buy a drink but that is also promoted as like non-alcohol drink and then after that obviously it is the skittles night which is the night out you don't have to come but at least the people that doesn't drink has that few three four hours to you know talk to and greet and then you and then when you go out with the people who do want to go out you're in that group and yep. it's like a safe space you're with the, you're with your friends you're with like-minded people it's yep. that safe space which is great so um you did those amazing things when you were the um officer mm -hmm. um, and then what happened then where did you go to next so after the officer um and in the president i did so this is when i graduated mm. so, I, so you became president yes of the lgbt society yes after being an officer yes so then you have full control of what's yes. going on <laughs> you just can't you can't get away from it you just love I it couldn't. so <laughs> I couldn't. People kept voting. <laughs> <laughs> did you have to? Did you have to run against anybody um, for your role for either of your roles? Yes, I had to. And how was that? Because we focused a lot on student activism and um, running for for democratic campaigns and what have you. Was that nerve wracking? Were you worried? Was your mental health okay throughout all of the process? Well, I was kind of scared at the same time because, like. Obviously, when the first um, election happened for the officer, no one knew me. Like, I was just like, you know, I just came out. And then the other person, I think they were pretty known by like the LGBT, other LGBT oh, okay. students. And I wasn't. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to win this. But miracle happened. <laughs> and <laughs> no, uh, don't. You probably worked hard. You had a good campaign manifesto, you know. Yes. And then in the presidency as well, um, that was kind of scary as well because it was the decision within the committee. And that was kind of like scary as well because I was like, how about yeah okay i've got the officer but about being the president mm -hmm. and i say that you know when we say like control i say that like you know it's more of you know this 
um, the committee as well. Like we had a really good committee. Do you think university, or I guess you can only um, talk about your own university, do you think it caters well to LGBTQ plus students? Because when I was reading the Stonewall report, which granted is is four years old, um, it said that 42% of um LGBTQ plus students have hidden their identity at university for fear of discrimination. Do you think that's the university's fault or do you think that's um, just something that we're getting better at gradually as a society? I think um, we are getting better as a society and there are people in the university that does the work as well behind the scenes because myself, I can only speak for myself and the university that I've, um, I don't know about other universities, but in my uni when we had, you know, controversial stuff about LGBT, we had, you know, so many staff helping us with that kind of like, if, if there was a controversial, something mm. controversial. Could you give an example of, um, of a controversial event happening? So one example is we had a anti-trans um, speaker coming in and that was kind of like a shock to everyone because, you know, we were doing all this advocation in the university to make a more safe space for LGBT students. And quite a lot of students were actually upset about it. And, you know, it was kind of like, how did this like pass the university? Like, because we had like, you know, we have a, what do you call it, a process to see who the speaker is first. But um Apparently, the process didn't go through properly. That's what happened. We never, like, it says on the news as well, like, you know, it, we deplatformed her. We never deplatformed her. Um, it was more of, like, it didn't process and that. And it's kind of, like, obviously di- difficult. Enough for me, like, to have an anti trans speaker to have there is, like, it's a smack on my face as an officer. So I guess then did your society or your role it all sort of came together and you got the change to happen? Yes, we did, actually. It was um, amazing, but it was really hard and stressful for a lot of us. We were actually um, crying. A lot of us were crying because it was a very stressful moment for us as students. I was scared because, like, I thought my degree was on it because obviously it was on the news saying like we did platform this speaker but it was like it didn't come through a right process at all she came back and spoke again like in second time because she it was put in a right process this time to talk about her art but it's an example of your um student activism mm-hmm. and uh, i think that at university the students actually do have a lot of power would you agree yes i do especially the collective um, activism that they do. When students work together, it's amazing. When they have this, when they fight together and have this voice, the more you are, the bigger the fight you have. And I believe that like, you know, this is why like every time like I do stuff and I always like credit all my friends, all the people that help, because you know, even though I was mainly probably the one who's speaking in the front, there was always people at the background who helped a lot. so I always say like things that we did successfully in the university for the LGBT um, student experience was because of a group of people, group of students, not just like one person, like, you know, just because I was the officer or the president. I always say, no, there was this group of people that did this as well. Like they were amazing. Without them, this wouldn't have been possible at all. So when I say how powerful are student groups at university, mm-hmm. your response, I'm guessing, would be when there's a lot of you very powerful yes yes because it's a lot of brains and obviously especially when it comes to like lgbt activism you're not your voice is not the only one there are other people in that community that needs to have their opinion on it and you guys work together what you guys what's the plan what's the next activism or like your plan to to change something it's not always just one person you have to 
talk to everybody in the community mm-hmm. especially you know even though i'm part of lgbt i'm just part of the l but like you know when for example obviously what happened in our uni i wanted to speak to the trans community what did they want not what i want but what the trans community wanted from the whole situation that has happened in the university and it went really well because we were speaking i think it took us like a week or two weeks to speak what was going to be the outcome what we're going to do and really all i did and other people that um are not from the trans community the other students all we did was like implement the strategy and that but the voices of the trans community were there everything was implemented in there and it was so important to have that and that's how powerful students can be especially if everyone works as a team exactly before we move on about what you did um post university mm-hmm. and your work at national student pride i want to ask you because obviously in your role as being president of um of the lgbtq plus movement at your uni mm-hmm. effectively did you come across and if we're being brutally honest did you come across a lot of discrimination on certain members did you have a lot of um negative situations to sort out or was it mostly a positive experience it was mostly a um, positive experience you know everyone's on the yeah, same I'm, I'm basically asking has if because if you read the stonewall report mm-hmm. um it's there's a lot there was a lot that still needed sort being sorted yes. out we're four years on mm-hmm. you know granted you've done a couple of years of, of being a student so mm-hmm. a couple of years on did you did you find yourself thinking well actually i think things are getting better Mm-hmm. Yes, things are getting better. But in the first years, I can agree that, you know, there was like discriminations and that it was hard to, you know, reach out in other societies that would, I would say that would not <laughs> have um, collaboration with the LGBT society because it's LGBT. We would ask other societies, I would not name them, but like other societies, um, they would just say to us, sorry, we don't do that kind of events, literally to my face. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to move on. And that's it. Like, I have to move on. And, you know, but now it's like, you know, as I left university, so four years on, it actually got better because now the LGBT society and or other LGBT events are now joining those society that said no to me in 2018. Brilliant. Because it just changed so much. The people that was, you know, the leadership in there has changed. The people who is the committee has their, you know, mindset so much different to those people that, I met in 2017 and now they all like collaborate and I'm just like that's amazing <laughs> that is like your job well done right yes and obviously the people um it, they were like you know some of the people that in that leadership um roles in the other committees are not even part of LGBT which you know is good because like it's showing there's more allyship in the university mm-hmm. and it has progressed more exactly so you you graduate mm-hmm. and then you still love being a student yes <laughs> so you join national student pride yes what tell us a bit about what that is because i i naively presumed that it was just full of current students mm-hmm. who um sort of do all of it themselves but actually there's quite a lot of postgrads who organize all the events yes so um i joined national student pride because um so national student pride is one of uk's biggest lgbt um event so it is for students um within the lgbt community or even um postgraduates so students that just recently graduated i joined national student pride just after i graduated because i knew there's a lot of opportunities there and the um the mission of national student pride is to you know open opportunities for lgbt students in the uk and it has it has you know given me so much um opportunities to do a lot of things that i didn't know i could do really yes so before we get on to those opportunities mm-hmm. what actually does 
does National Student Pride do? Does it does it run events and give, provide opportunities, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah, so what are sort of the events they do? So um, National Student Pride, what we do is we have talks, we, have, we do advocation. Do you go to unis or do they come to you? So they come to us. Oh, okay. So it is based in London. In Westminster, right? Yes, in Westminster. And so we do a full day, um, a full day of events, and we also have we have loads of events as well in this whole weekend. It's a whole weekend event, and it's catered for everyone, like any type of activities you want. So there's like you know there's talks, there's people, there's headliners like Emily Sunday, Ian McCullen, one of our headlines. Uh, we had Pussycat Dolls coming wow. as well. Um, so we have good uh, headliners um, for students, and we also have other like YouTubers that are very known to the LGBTQ plus community and. Um, but we also have a, one of the biggest, um, UK's biggest um, careers fair that happened in London. That is one, So that provides job opportunities as well. So yes. you have all the fun events and you have like uh, back to in-person events. I saw that you were headlined by the Pussycat Dolls in 2020. Yes. I noticed in 2021 you had like, Nick Grimshaw, Joanna Lumley, um, Lorraine Kelly. Yes. Those kind of people come down. Um, and then you also... So like you can have a massive club night, I'm guessing. Yes. And then also you provide careers opportunities yes we do <laughs> so what are sort of the career opportunities you provide so we've got like clifford chance um american express um lululemon so those big big name companies like we have all of them coming down like you know wanting to talk to students i mean my friends they came and they were like amazed how friendly people were and like one of my friend did find um an internship as well can't remember which company but he was able to because he did project management um and he was able to talk to the people in those um company i can't remember what name it was but he was just saying how amazing it provided that opportunity and did um was it that big national student pride event which got you your opportunity Yes, that Wait, is true. So what what was that? So now I'm a so I just got the job. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so I'm a now producer at Pink News. So all of the experience that I had in National Student Pride as a um as a um part of the committee, I was able to learn loads of skills and able to develop my skills with the National Student Pride from, you know, producing promo ads for them and creating marketing strategy, which helped me a lot with my interview process in um getting the job for a producer and um, I feel that, you know, in my interview, I feel like I talked about National Student Pride a lot, mm. considering it was just, you know, it was a volunteering position. But although I did have a full time job, but because of National Student Pride gives you so much opportunity and experience that I had talked about more about that job, um, that volunteering um, job that I had with National Student Pride. And would you say that without National Student Pride, no way you would have got the pick news job? Yes, that's very true. No way I would have got that job because because basically the job that I had, which is um, student communications then, mm. it wasn't near enough to me for me to become a producer. Obviously, I did um, the hobbies that I did was like creating videos and that um, as my hobby. And I've been always doing that. So I already had the skills. But when National Student Pride came, I was able to, you know, network with other people mm-hmm. and met other people throughout that because there was also a mentorship called Career Accelerator. And Career Accelerator basically got the committee members to join their mentorship program, which is conjoined with Pink News Futures. And then that's how, you know, everything like kind of like got together. 
Nice. So I guess National Student Pride, well, your pink news job stems mm. from National Student Pride. Yes. National Student Pride stems from being in the being the president of the yes. society. And that all starts from little old you joining the society yes. in first year when mm -hmm. you've not even come out to your parents. So it's an amazing journey that you've been on. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting here looking back on it now. Can you can you believe before you went to uni and before you even came out, can you believe now the sort of journey you've been on? Honestly, I still haven't processed it. <laughs> no. I've not processed it. Like, you know, when I got the job offer and obviously I was just looking at my phone and I just had a bit of like a flashback and I was like, how in the world did I come from not coming out to here? Like, how did that happen? Like, you know, it's crazy how like joining a society can make a massive difference in your career, in your way of life. And like now I'm just like staring again. Like I always think about it every day until now. Still, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This life is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Before we go, mm -hmm. um, and you've been great, by the way. Um, what advice would you give for upcoming students who are about to start uni? My biggest advice for students is that network not just you know what what i mean by network is not like cooperation network like that kind of thing it's more you know friends find your friends find your passion because once you find your passion you know you know you'll slowly like grab not grab like slowly attract those people into your life because like for example for me i found my passion in business marketing and creatives and then i started attracting more people from those fields i would also say you know if your university does not provide that kind of like networking, go out there, go out and, you know, go to events out there, student events, because there's loads of external student events mm -hmm. out there. And that's how I also did my um, networking was, you know, search up about what LGBT careers even is there outside university that wasn't um, advertising our uni. Um, I say do stuff in your free time, do stuff now in your first day don't wait till your second your third year mm. do not wait um, absolutely the, the amount of people who um because i was president of a society mm -hmm. i was president of um, the student radio station mm -hmm. i mean look what i'm doing now so yes. it's very similar um but the amount of people who i spoke to because we were 25 years old mm -hmm. during when i was the president mm -hmm. um so as part of the celebrations we got like loads of the old members on over the last 25 years mm -hmm. and the amount of people who are now like doing stuff in the media and they'll say to us oh, i just wish I, I i joined in second year i joined in third year i just wish i joined on day one i was mm -hmm. just a bit nervous I've, you, you, you agree with me, just, just do it. Yes, just do it. Um, obviously, for me, um, I'm, I'm shy, um, but I feel like I just kept repeating to myself, like, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it. Do it slowly, you know, in your comfortable own face. It is you, it is yourself, you know, do it. Um, but also do it for yourself, you know. If you want to really, like, accelerate in that career or, like, the life that you want after university is join something now. In your first day, I'm seriously saying first day, doesn't even matter what day you're in, first day, even before university, like join these groups on Instagram or Snapchat, whatever social media younger Gen Z uses now. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> yes, TikTok maybe. <laughs> Um, and my final question: What do you, what do you wish you knew going into Freshers Week that you didn't? Because um, with, I'm, I'm guessing that most people who listen to this will be just starting uni. So, what do you wish you knew looking back now that you didn't on day one? What I wish I knew was um, people are very open. Um, everyone actually, when people tell you everyone starts fresh, everyone starts fresh because I feel like when you are a fresher, you do worry what people will think about you. Um, but honestly, no one cared what 
what you did, like in fr- especially first week of freshers. Yeah. <laughs> like because everyone just wants to become friends with everyone. Everyone is generally finding themselves. Everyone's it, in the same position. Yes, basically. And clues in the word fresh, freshers. Yeah. You know exactly. It is a fresh start for a lot of people. Thank you so much for coming on, Celine. Honestly, thank you so much, Dice Celine, who is um, now a producer at Pink News. Yes. Formerly um, president of your LGBTQ plus society, Oxford Brooks, and then went on to be um, a part of National Student Pride. This is the Freshers Handbook podcast. The Freshers Handbook. Good stuff. Always good to get guests on. That was another episode of the Freshers Handbook. Next week, we're going to be focusing on all the different events and activities and societies you can get up to outside of a lecture theatre. That involves all your sports societies. It involves all your extracurricular um, activities. It involves, um, you know, you could be going for a scholarship in tennis. You could just be wanting to join join the debate in society. Or you could be a member of, let's say, for example, the Tory of the Labour Party. Whatever it is, we'll be focusing on it next week on uh, the Outside the Lecture Theatre episode of The Freshest Handbook. The Freshest Handbook podcast with Harry Briggs and Robin Sargison. The Freshest Handbook was brought to you by Jano Media in partnership with the Centre for Broadcasting and Journalism Department at Nottingham Trent University. It was recorded and mixed by me, Harry Briggs, with assistance from Sassy Clyde in conjunction with the Jano Media Award at Nottingham Trent University, providing fresh postgraduate students with a chance to create a fully costed short podcast series.